Hey friends, it's Weston, and I wanted to take just a second to thank you for listening to the Bowling Green Christian Church Sermon Podcast. If someone recommended this message to you, I hope that it encourages you. If you're here getting caught up on a week you missed, I hope that it challenges you. And if you're a visitor checking us out, I hope that it helps you connect with Jesus and his church. Whoever you are, whenever you're ready to take your next step closer to Jesus or to connect with a BGCC family, know that we're here for you. You can learn more about how to connect with us by downloading our app when you text BGCC app to 77977. There in the app, you can submit prayer requests, find out about upcoming events, and even give to help support our ministry, including this podcast. It's my prayer that God uses this message to encourage and equip you to take your next best step in life, which is always one step closer to Jesus. Hey, uh, I'm glad you're here, friends. Glad you're joining us online. I, I want to just have you be- get get prepared for something, because I'm about to deal in some truth here today. So everybody say truth. All right, I'm about to deal in some truth here today. I'm about to call some people out. It might hurt your feelings. You might feel sad. You might feel uh, angry. You may feel convicted today. You might go, oh my gosh, he just, he just called me out. And that will evoke inside of you some responses of, of anger or frustration or sadness. And I want you to know that it's okay to feel those things because this is an intervention, all right? And we're all here for each other. So I want you to look at your neighbor and say, I'm here for you, okay? I want you to look at neighbors a little bit further. Sort of put your hands up, sort of like acknowledge them and be like, I'm here for you. If you're online in the chat room, I want you to go ahead and type in that chat window. Say, I'm here for you. We're going to get through this together, all right? I need you to hear that. Maybe we should all say, we're going to get through this together. We're going to get through this together. All right, here's, uh, this is now it's confession time, okay? Because it's, I need to confess, I have been unfollowing people lately on Facebook. Any, any, okay, I got a few others out there, all right? Now, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to, I'm going to describe some people. Some of these are you, okay? And you just need to know that. And then after service, you're going to come up to me, you're going to be like, hey, Weston? And I'll be like, what? And you'll say, did you unfollow me? And the answer I'm going to tell you is you, you'll never know. You know, that's the beauty of unfollowing somebody. We're still friends. I've just muted you. And like in life, that would be amazing. Okay? Like real life. Just be like, okay, all right, and we're back. All right, so, I mean, this just happened. And I know some of you are going to say, like, no, but like really, did you really unfollow me? Because I think I've done this. And I'm going to say, you'll never know. That's what it's going to be. Whether you are my best friend or whether you are an acquaintance, the answer will be, I, I'm not going to tell you ever. And the truth is actually that I don't probably remember whether I've unfollowed you. Because as soon as somebody starts, I just unfollow them in Facebook so that way we can still be friends in real life. Okay? Because some of you, if I kept following you on Facebook, I probably couldn't talk to you like in the real world. Like we'd probably have to break up, like our whatever we have. Okay? So here, let's, again, it's an intervention. Just you know, grab some strength. You know, maybe you need to take a minute to pray, but in, in Jesus name, we're going to get through this. Okay. All right. The first one is this is Darth Vader. 
Okay, Darth Vader is a little vague, all right? Darth Vader is somebody who posts, but you're not sure what they just posted about, but it doesn't sound good. So you're going, well, am I a Darth Vader? Well, you might be if you've ever posted something like in the ER, dot, 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 not good, end of story, that's all, okay? Or you've posted like, got bad news today, nothing else. Like, we don't know what the bad news is, we just know that you got it, and that's all. Like, it's vague, you just leave it out there hanging, I don't have time for that, all right? So Darth Vader, I've unfollowed you, all right? Okay, the next one is Sir Sells A Lot. Now, you may be a sir or lady sells a lot if every other post is a link to some sort of sale for uh, oils or handbags or cookware or a travel or, I mean, I don't know, whatever it is. And listen, I'm on to you. I know you're like, hey, here's a, a little recipe for back to school, whatever, and I'm, I know what you're doing. You're selling something. And I get enough ads on TV, on the internet, I don't have to subscribe to those. So just unfollowed you, okay? Just know that that's happening, okay? So we've got Darth Vader, we've got Sir Sells a lot. We have sad selfie Sally, okay? Sally always looks like like fantastic in her selfies like the lighting is always good like um her hair is always in place makeup like she's like just woke up this morning and like already like full face of makeup hair is all in place but there's always like a sad like caption with it be like just can't do anything with my hair today or like in the size three swimsuit saying i'm just feeling really fat this morning you know this is sad selfie sally again we've unfollowed sorry i'm Sorry, I don't need to watch that. All right, we're done. Thanks for playing. The next one is host of the hoax. Now we're starting to get the ones that really make my blood boil. The other ones I have some, some tolerance for. This one I have grace for. We're, we're moving into dark territory, though. The host of the hoax, they are, like, convinced that they just got forwarded, like, the secret to the universe, okay? Like, they just got, like, in a forwarded message, something that's been kept secret by the government, been kept secret by everybody and they post it and they want everybody to know hey i just found this out and you all need to know now you might be a host of the hoax if you have ever forwarded the uh the email or the post that said you know facebook is going to start charging for their service and if they start charging i'm out of here so everybody join my petition yeah we've seen that like five times all right that's that's a hoax we know that you know or the other one like hey netflix just picked up friends they're going to have a reunion episode no that's also not happening either now host of the hoax there's there's a lot of grace for the host of the hoax because often they just get caught up in it and so if you kind of like email them or message or post a comment like hey that's not true you know here's a snopes article that describes why that's not true the host of the hoax they're going to be pretty gracious and they'll say oh I'm sorry, I should have looked that up. I shouldn't have just like been forwarding everything that I get to my inbox. That's true. You probably shouldn't do that. No harm, no foul. But Conspiracy Carl is a different breed altogether. Okay, Conspiracy Carl, you forward him that Snopes message or her, and the response will be this. That's what they want you to believe. Like the media has like shut this down. Yeah, I, I, I hear what you're saying, but I'm having a hard time imagining Rush Limbaugh and Anderson Cooper together in a room working on a conspiracy. I'm having a hard time imagining Fox and CNN and Breitbart and NPR like all going, man, we're not going to tell them this. And like you just happen to find out the truth. Carl, I think you're confused. Unfollow, Carl. Unfollow. 
The, the next one is like Conspiracy Carl, but wants to have a party. I call them the Rally Rooster. Okay? They will post these incendiary comments. Now, Carl just sort of lobs her grenade out there on the Facebook and is like, watch what happens. But, but Rally Rooster says, hey, listen, I don't want any hate. And then post like this really angry post. Be like, you can't post anger here. Just agreement, just happiness. No fight, no controversy right here. My wall, my feed, my point of view. That's it. They just want to have like a rally right there on Facebook. I'm not coming to your rally. Uh, I'm going to unfollow you. Okay, that's, that's how it is. Now, with all of these, I understand this next one. It's the Facebook jumper. This is the person who once a week gets on Facebook and is like, you know what? I'm going to stop being on Facebook. I'm getting off. I'm jumping. And like every week, like we're going through like a cycle of I'm not going to be on Facebook anymore. And like they tell everybody on Facebook, I'm not going to be on Facebook. Just, just do it already. You know, just, just, just get out. Just get off. Just, just sign off. Just be done. Okay. All right. Facebook jumper, jump off. All right. Last one here is the group message maniac. This, you really need to hear this. Okay. If you are forwarding every message to like a group of like a hundred people because you think everybody needs to know in a private direct message, they don't. They're not interested. This is why as soon as you send it, you start getting all these notifications that like a hundred people just left your group in 10 minutes. You're like, I'm gone, I'm gone, I'm gone, I'm gone, I'm gone, I'm gone, I'm gone. And then like all of a sudden it's just you and like five people that no longer check their accounts, okay? This is not good. I've unfollowed these people, Okay. I don't know about you, but these people are the people that we are in social media with. These are the people that we are in life with. And it can be something that takes its toll on your soul. And if you find yourself getting frustrated with people, I would encourage you to realize that, you know, there's a Facebook persona and there's a real life persona. This is why I stopped following people on social media. So we can still be friends in the real world. Sometimes we just have to do these sorts of things. It, Paul's going to talk a little bit about this, believe it or not. Not social media. I know Facebook wasn't invented when he was around. I got that part. Thank you, astute Bible scholars. I'm, I'm there too. I'm with you. But he's talking at the end of the book of Titus about some practices that Christians really are going to have to adopt and to live in to live their best life, to live this renewed life we're talking about. Now, originally I was going to preach a sermon with a, with a potpourri of texts from all of Scripture, and I was just so convicted by Titus 3, because the, the words just seem so relevant to our situation today, and in fact they are, because Paul, he's writing this letter uh, at the very end of his ministry, and you'll see that what Paul is doing is he's saying, hey, listen, it's time to settle in for the long haul. It's time to settle in for the long haul. You read through the books of like Galatians and in his earlier writings, and you'll start to see that like there's a, a sense in which Paul sort of like decides that he's going to dig in. At the very beginning, Paul sort of convinced Jesus is like coming back today. But as we get later in Paul's writings, he's sort of saying, listen, this is not going to be a sprint. It's going to be a marathon. The name of the game is endurance. How do you live? How do you endure this renewed life in a tired old world? And in chapter 1, he gives some very specific instructions to the church about how you form leadership. He says, listen, we're going to be here for a while, so we need to get organized. And he gives some instructions to the church on how to be organized. Chapter 2, uh, Paul will give Titus some very specific teachings for groups of people uh, on how they ought to behave for the long haul. And then in chapter 3, the text we're looking at here today, Paul is talking about 
all of the things, just sort of miscellaneous advice that's sort of coming to his mind. He's an old man at this point. He's saying, listen, this is what you've got to do to be in it, to win it for the long haul. And the very first thing Paul will say is that what we've got to do is work for the common good. We've got to work for the common good. Uh, Titus chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Remind the people, that's us, that's me and you, to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good. Now, as, as Americans, we, we don't like the word subject. You know, we, we like that word as much as obedience and obey, to be subject to rulers and authorities. Now, some of my Democratic friends that are joining us here today and online, you're going, well, Paul wrote this before Donald Trump. Had he known about Donald Trump, this verse might have been worded differently. Some of my Republican friends are going, well, you know what, Paul wrote that, but he never met Nancy Pelosi or Chuck Schumer. He didn't know about them. Had he known about them, he would have said, listen, there are exceptions to every rule. No, Paul... You know, he didn't have Chuck or Don or Nancy or any of the other ones we've got today. He had everybody's favorite political leader of all history, Nero. That was his leader at the point in time. You know, Nero didn't win an election because he was just the emperor. That's not a, a democratically voted upon position. You just get to be the emperor. And Nero, as far as history is concerned, was probably the worst. Nero is insane. Nero will light half the city on fire to burn down where all the poor folks were living so that he could build a sports complex on top of the ashes and rubble of their homes. Nice guy. Because he doesn't want to get blamed for it, he'll blame the Christians, he'll blame the Jews, and then he'll start to torture them in ways that are still legendary today. When you talk about a Neronian persecution, this is what you're talking about. This guy would dip people alive in tar and then set the top on fire so he could have candles in his garden at night. Lovely human being, Nero. And yet Paul says in this moment, he says, listen, you've got to be ready to work for the common good. Now, obviously, there's going to be a time when the government works for evil, and you say, no, we're not going to do that. But Paul isn't talking about that. He's not saying the stuff you don't like. He's just saying, no, listen, if it's for the common good, we work together for the common good. We work together for the common good. That's what we're supposed to do if we're going to dig in and be Christ-like in our communities, in our society. We're going to look around in our communities and say, what are the things that we can do that would be the most help to people around us? That's what we've got to do. I will tell you, I'm incredibly disheartened by Christ followers who seem to work to undermine the common good through our very ugly speech online. It's disheartening to me, and I've seen this on both sides of the aisle, friends, where we liken a current politician to Hitler. Does this show the love of Jesus Christ? When we communicate that, you know, it wouldn't hurt anybody's feelings if an act of violence were to take another person's life, do we think we're showing the love of Jesus Christ? The answer is no. I can tell you that with great assurance. Friends, we're called to work for the common good. In our schools, our children are taught to think before they post. Thinks an acronym I'll share with you. How about this? You ask yourself, is it true? Helpful, inspiring, necessary, or kind. Think. True, helpful, 
inspiring, necessary kind. You know, really, we could probably cut through about a third of all Facebook traffic if we would just stick with true and, and kind. If we would just do that, we'd probably eliminate you know, a good third. If you put inspiring into the, the mix or necessary, you could probably bankrupt most of your social media outlets. You could probably do that. Friends, we need to think. We need to be kind. We need to work for the common good. There's something that happens when we get on the other side of a computer screen that we turn into somebody that we're not. And we start to say things we wouldn't say in the public realm or to another person. Why? Because we'd get punched in the nose. Friends, we need to be kind and work for the common good. It's not just for politicians or government officials. Paul's going to go on. Verse we started with says, Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good. Goes on to say, To slander no one, to be peaceable, to be considerate, to always be, what's that word? Gentle toward everyone. That's the word Paul says. Think about your week, how you've spoken to people, how you've posted about people. Is it good? Is it slandering? Is it peaceable? Is it gentle? Friends, these are the questions we must be asking because no longer is it one of those things where you might say something as a Christ follower. No, you've posted it. It's there for the world to read, and it's archived for perpetuity. And then not only that, so you've got that, and then you post, man, I love Jesus so much. I'm going to church. Join me today. How do these things go together? Friends, we need to think. We need to be courteous. We need to be kind. Gentleness can be translated simply as courtesy. Do we have courtesy for those we speak to and about? It doesn't mean nodding and agreeing and saying, well, whatever you say, it's supposed to be nice and gentle. No, we've lost the fact that we can disagree with courtesy. We can say, I appreciate that you have a heart to do this. I disagree with how you're going about doing that. There's a very different conversation from saying what you're doing I think is wrong to saying you are a bad and inherently evil and wrong person. Friends, it's a courtesy. We speak to each other with courtesy. That's part of what it means to work for the common good. And this becomes a lot easier if we do the second thing, which is you remember where you've come from. If we remember where we come from, that we didn't always end up in this place of great enlightenment that we all find ourselves in here today, but that we've, we've had a process of learning. Titus chapter 3, verse 3 says this, At one time we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. Notice what Paul says. He says we, he includes himself in this. He says we lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. We've all been there. Okay, Paul, Paul's included everybody. If you didn't read that verse and go, oh, well, that's me, then you missed it. Let, let me help you. You know, if you, if you don't think that's you, have you ever acted a fool before? Yeah, I know I have. That's us. Paul's talking about us. Have you ever been tricked? Yeah, I have been duped. Absolutely. Have you ever been disobedient to, you know, authorities, teachers, parents? You go back just a little bit. It doesn't take long. You find that we're all in the same boat. We've all been deceived. We've all been tricked. We've all acted fools. Friends, we've all had bad attitudes. We've all envied. We've all hated. All of these things have happened that we have done, and it does us good to remember that. It does us good. It does us good because we remember that we're not saved because of how great we are. We're saved because of how kind God is. 
Titus chapter 3, verse 4 says this, But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that having been justified by His grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. Paul looks at God and he says, you know, the word that comes to mind first is kindness. God is kind. He looked at us and in our sinfulness, and he didn't decide he was going to unfollow us for all eternity. He said, I'm going to chase after you. And he sends Jesus Christ. And when Jesus comes, he says, listen, if you've got your act together, he says, I didn't come for you. I came for everybody that doesn't have their act together. For all of the people that are sick, for all of the people that are stuck, those are the people I've come for. God in his kindness saves us. And we enter into this saving relationship when we surrender to that kindness and we say, God, I accept your kindness and your love. And we, we enter into that through the waters of baptism. That was the, the reference to the washing and, and the reference of, of rebirth and renewal. That's what's happening there. It's where we give in to the kindness of God. And the Holy Spirit comes and renews us. God is so very, very kind. How would people describe you? Where does the word kind fall in the list of attributes that might be attributed to you? Is it in the top ten, top five, top three? It probably should be because we've been saved by the kindness of God. We should extend kindness to others. I mean, who am I to judge you? I'm, I'm part of the we that Paul is in. Who are you to judge me? You're the same as me. We're all sinners saved by grace. You know, I think we can be real and practical and apply this in our everyday life by the way we speak to and about others with kindness, even if we disagree with them. Titus 3.8 says this, these things are excellent, excellent and profitable for everyone. Friends, when we do this, it helps us to come together in grace as we work for the common good. That's what Jesus is calling to us to. He says, I want you to come together in my grace, and I want you to work for the common good. Now, it starts with the grace of God, and he brings us together in that. And he says, now that you've seen grace and kindness and love, I want you to practice grace and kindness and love. That's the order it comes in. We don't do it because it earns us salvation. We do it because we have experienced salvation and we want other people to experience the same thing. Now, there's a, 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 an adage I've come to adopt in life. I don't know where I heard it, and I looked it up this week, and nobody's really sure where it comes from. But here it is. It's true. It's when you wrestle a pig, you both get dirty, but only the pig likes it. Some of you, you might ought to write that down. I'll say that one more time. When you wrestle a pig, you both get dirty, but only the pig likes it. Sometimes we live our lives with kindness and courtesy and love and gentleness, and you just sometimes can't win somebody over. And so now we move into what we'll say are the latter parts of Paul's remark, where Paul will say this. He'll say, listen, you just need to avoid the controversies and the controversial people. You just need to avoid that. Now listen, I, 
this is coming to me because I don't mind a good conversation. I don't mind a good confrontation either. Now, I don't solicit it. I generally don't try to pick a fight. But if there is one to be had, I'm not afraid to enter and to speak my mind. I think Paul's got something to say to me here. I, I will admit that. Now listen, unless you're worried, I'm not Darth Vader. I won't like say vague things about you. I'll tell you, okay? That's one of the gifts I have. I'll let you know. Listen, this is my point of frustration in this moment, and it's largely centered around you. And I'll, I'll tell you that, and we can have a constructive conversation. That's, you know, I think that's a healthy thing in sometimes ways and forms. But Paul says, listen, there's some people in some situations, you just, you just got to avoid them. There's no, there's no good way out of it. Here's what he says, Titus chapter 3, verse 9 and 11. He says, avoid foolish controversies, genealogies, genealogies arguments, and quarrels about the law. Why? Why are we going to avoid these controversies? Because they are unprofitable and useless. Paul says you spend all this emotional energy, you put all this time, you get your blood pressure up, you get into it, you get heated, you get into an argument, he says it is not profitable, it's not getting you anywhere, and it is useless. So here's what he says to the church, he says you warn a divisive person once, and then you warn them a second time, and then after that you have nothing to do with them, you may be sure that such people are warped and sinful, they are self-condemned. Paul is calling out in the church these arguments about stuff that we don't need to worry about. He's talking about the genealogies. This is Old Testament stuff. You know, who was your daddy? Are you connected to David or somebody else in the Old Testament? He's talking about quarrels about, you know, these Old Testament kinds of things. Like the Nephilim, are these giants? Are they like superhero, like villain people in the Old Testament? What are they? Paul says it doesn't really matter. We don't need to argue about that. You'll figure all that out later when you get to heaven. Put it aside. There's no sense in getting tangled up in these controversies or these arguments. Why do we do it? Well, it's because we'd rather talk about Bible trivia. We'd rather talk about something else that's trivia than talk about the meaningful things going on in our life. You know, I'd rather talk to you about the way that the Nephilim may or may not be supervillains from, you know, the past versus how I'm falling short in loving my neighbor. That's more uncomfortable to talk about. I'd rather talk about the Nephilim. Can we talk about that? That's where we go. We go, man, I want to get caught up in all these other things because then it means I don't have to deal with my issues. Paul says that's not how we're going to live. We're going to put aside this trivia, arguing about these trivia things. We're going to come together in grace. We're going to work for the common good. And Paul's warning, I think it extends to divisive people, these people who just stir the pot, love to get people fired up, love to spread rumors, love to tell half-truths, love to tell too many truths. You know these people. We talked about them at the beginning. You know the list. Paul says, listen, why are you inviting that into your life? Why? Paul says, you know, really the best thing you can do is just sort of unfollow. Just don't engage. Why? It's, well, Paul will call them warped. What's that mean? It means that their, their mind and their heart has sort of been so wrapped up that they actually thrive on conflict and controversy the way that other people like, you know, sort of getting along in kindness. Some people just love to have a fight. Paul says you can't do anything with that. You can't. They're warped, Paul says. So what does that mean for us? It means that we've probably got to stop following some people on Facebook. It means we probably need to stop entering into the, the, the fray sometimes just to stir the pot or just to let our pot get stirred by somebody else. I'll watch that on the playback later and probably not like the way that came out. But 
Anyways, it's happening live right now, friends. That's where we are. I don't know about you, but there have been plenty of times when I've left church fired up, excited, pumped about what God is doing, and then Monday came. Have any of you ever had that experience? You, you loved Jesus on Sunday. You were so excited about what God was going to do in your life, and then Monday came. Have you ever had that moment happen? Am I alone in this? Got anybody else? I got, I got five people. That's great. I'm talking to you, five people, okay? I, and, and as I think about it, you know, I think we kind of go, man, w- what happened there? Well, it's because on Sunday, you're spending some time with Jesus. On Sunday, you're listening to God's word. On Sunday, you're hearing what the Lord has to say to you. But if you're like most Americans, you wake up Monday morning, your phone goes off with your, your alarm, and then what's the number one thing you do? You start scrolling through Facebook. And instead of spending time with the king of kings, you're spending time with conspiracy Carl. You're spending time with Darth Vader. It's no wonder your day is off to a bad start. On Sunday, you were in prayer, and you were saying, God, what are the things you have to say to me? And on Monday, you just started with a host of bad news. You turned on the TV, and it was more of the same when you should have started with God's good news and allow that to speak to your heart and to your mind yes we live in reality and sure we should be informed but who gets the first word it belongs to jesus christ who should get the last word jesus also friends that's how we come together we come together in grace and we work for the common good when we realize or when we allow God to set our agenda, when we say, God, we're going to be the people that are kind and respectful and courteous. We're going to work for the good of each other and we're going to be avoiding these controversies and these controversial people. We're going to move past it because we don't want to get tangled up in that. Why? Because we've got better things to do. We just do. This morning, the worship team is going to come out. We're going to have some time of communion together. We're going to allow ourselves to have an encounter with Jesus. We're going to give him some space to speak to our hearts and our minds. It's interesting, the word communion, it comes from a, a combination of two words, common union. We put together the thing we hold in common, and that's Jesus Christ. And so whether you're joining us online or you're here, uh, or whether you know there's churches all around the globe about to do this and have done it already for hours today, This is what we come together. It's Jesus Christ that brings us together. So as we prepare our hearts and minds for that, why don't you go ahead and allow God to have just a minute to speak to you. Tell God what's on your heart. Maybe there's some things you need to say sorry for. Maybe there's some things you need to ask for. Just take this time now and speak with Jesus.